Welcome to Small Things Make a Big Difference. My name is Spencer Holt. I'm a father of four, a married amazing wife. I have lived in Canada, the USA, and in England. I speak all three Englishes fluently. I currently work at AstraZeneca in the pharmaceutical industry where I'm head of our global commercial learning and I'm passionate about how do we as leaders be more intentional in who we're trying to become and help bring out the best in others. This is a series of interviews of leaders all over the world. So join us, share it with others, and let's focus on the small things that make a big difference. Harry Hoover says this, if you have the courage to begin, you have the courage to succeed. All of us will have times where you think back maybe to your childhood or even college, early in your career, or even today, where maybe we are struggling. We have some fear or self-doubt about trying something new, doing something, or facing something that will make us uncomfortable. What I love about today's podcast is that we're going to get a formula for success on how to be more courageous in everything that we do, not only as an individual, but also, I think, as leaders, then how we can also help others to be more courageous. In fact, one more quote, because there's so many great quotes when you start to think about why courage or bravery is so important. Brené Brown says, you can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you cannot choose both. This episode is dedicated to all of us in the hopes that we will be more courageous in the fears that we have and the decisions we will make. Enjoy. This week on Small Things Make a Big Difference, my friend and yours, Latrice Abonnier, welcome and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Spencer. Great to be with you today. Well, Alicia, Latrice, you, you've got such a really cool background. So you're head of insights and analytics at AstraZeneca, but you're so much more than that. You've, you know, you've worked at other pharmaceutical companies. You're an amazing wife. You're an amazing mother. So tell us um, maybe a little bit of the things that we don't know. Give people a little context of who you are um, and why you're awesome. Oh, well, thank you. I am going to agree with you that I am awesome. I really try to um, expand myself across a number of different things, even outside of work. So yes, my full career has been within pharmaceuticals, um, as well as within insight, some type of insight function. Um, my master's is in market research. So I really geek out on the market research aspect of uh, my career. But um, I also dabble in, in other things. So I'm very crafty. I actually really enjoy uh, the craft of sewing. And over earlier in the pan pandemic, I sewed a, a hundred masks, donated them. Like that was something that brought me a lot of um, joy and, you know, being able to help others is very altruistic. So I just, I really enjoy that aspect. I, I was taught by my grandmother many years ago, how to sew, brought that back just recently. And, um, and then I also enjoy um, uh, photography. So my husband and I have invested in a, a lot of good equipment that helps us do video and photography with other small companies, um, as well as photo booths for larger corporations and weddings. It's all, 
you know, I, I find ways to just keep that creative side of myself going. And then I spend as much as I can, as much time as I can with my family. Amazing. That's incredible insight because sometimes when people think about insights in analytics, they think, oh, it's like, you know, geeky numbers and data and spreadsheets. But actually what you've just also let us know is here, you're super creative. So are you like picture photography. And so, which probably makes you really great at what you do and why you've kind of I think risen as a leader in your field of insights and analytics because of maybe the other side of you as well. Yeah, inspiration comes from everywhere. I'm a firm believer of that. And so I think the more that you can dip in and out of things that are outside of the norm of your day-to-day job, the more that you might be energized and inspired to take elements of that. If I take photography, for example, Um, we started off with a camera and one lens. But once I got introduced to the idea of different lenses, it might, my whole world just expanded. The, The images that you can capture from, you know, these various lenses just changes the whole perspective. Well, then I started to think about, well, how does that work? How does that come to work as well? And it's the diversity of people that I have on my team as a leader. I don't want to just have one lens. I want multiple aspects of perspective, of background experience and skills. And so um, you may know, but I'm also now the US representative on the Global Inclusion and Diversity Council. So that's a, a really important part of the work that I do is helping the, the company to figure out um, the value, how, how we communicate and really take on the value of diversity. Um, I think inclusion being first is actually really important because if you have a practice of inclusion, diversity follows. Um, you have people who are saying, I like working here no matter what. I like the environment. I, I, I like the value that is placed on what I bring to the table. And so more people will be interested then to kind of say, well, what's your perspective and what's your perspective? Because you're, you're growing in uh, the, the space that you operate. The, the imagery that you provided around the different lenses and how you started with one lens and then now you, you've gone to many different lenses because of the, you know, you just realize of the, the quality of pictures you can get, the, the, the number of different things you can capture is, I've never thought about that. That's really powerful in terms of how many lenses do we have in our lives or how many ways are we seeking a different view or a different way to look at something is really powerful. And so, but how do we do that? Like, it just, I'd love to kind of, like what leads you to seek out different lenses, if you will, in understanding an issue or understanding people? I think part of what leads me to, to seek out different issues are the, is the complexity of the questions that we're trying to answer. Um, and I think that they're getting more and more complex every day. The, you know, the speed of business is increasing. Um, competition is not slowing down. There's more uh, competition coming to the market. Uh, and that goes with talent as well, not just the products, but the talent is, um, you know, the skills that people are gaining and um, the experiences that people are offered is something that we're fighting for, right? We, 
we have to think about what are the needs of the people um, as well as what are the needs of the business. And so we have to you know, think about flexibility. We have to think about um, training. We have to think about the um, making room for something new to be brought into the table. I think often you might bring in a, a voice of diversity and a couple of things could happen either. Everyone has been working together for a long time and they kind of say, well, we know how the, these things run, let us teach you. And then you lose the benefits of that diversity um, because that person is just assimilated in or um, that person themselves might feel you know, isolated and too different. And then you're not able to really combine the two to get that magic you end up losing them and you work so hard to get that diversity. It works really well, I think, if you have multiple diverse views that come in and then everyone's sort of saying, well, we, none of us have the answer ourselves, but collectively we can probably find a path to doing more, faster, better. So it's the, that I think helps answer, you know, or at least address the complexity of business. I, that is so great because I, as I was listening, I, I probably, it's not even just complexity of business. It might be complexity of any problem you're trying to solve. You know, I, I would even, I, like I'm thinking of my wife and I, I'm like, man, sometimes we, we have complex problems we're trying to solve, but to your point, what you've just said is it's valuable to bring a new lens or a different opinion or a new way of thinking into a problem. And just to make sure you're thinking of it in a different way. And, yes. and sometimes that can be hard. Cause I think sometimes we're like, maybe it's, maybe we don't want to be challenged or what we hear doesn't jive with how we view the world. And so how do you, when you hear something totally different and the initial reaction is like, I don't agree with that, or no, I don't want to do that. How do we, how do we be okay with an idea that feels different and maybe at times even feels like, no, I don't like that or it doesn't sit well with me. Well, that happens every day in my household. I don't know about you, but no matter what I tell my husband, he doesn't believe me. <laughs> so we will often have to say, okay, fine. If you don't believe me, let's ask someone else. Um, and we're, we're practicing that every time. And that might be my reaction is to kind of say, that's not my experience or I just don't hold it to be true. Um, and I might go ahead and say that. I think it's important to state when there is now a point of recognition that we're not on the same page, but I'm at least gonna have the courage or give you the benefit of doubt to let you know that at this point we're differing and we're either gonna have to decide whether we need another piece of information to help us out or um, you know, get, get underneath um, why we're, we've come to this different point. And maybe we'll stay there, but we have to have that understanding to go forward. So um, I do think that that's, again, where the multiple voices, um, others' perspectives do come into play to, because most of the time, with, if I just stick with the example of my husband, he'll go ask his friends and they will say exactly what I said. And so then he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess. Um, or I'll go ask my mother if I didn't believe what he said. And without leading the witness, she will agree with him. And I'll have to back down and kind of say, okay, I get it. <laughs> well, what's powerful about this is whether it's in family or it's in the boardroom 
or you're working on a community project, the power and the takeaway lesson for me early on on this podcast is when you're trying to solve something, seek out different information and different perspectives before you solve. It might not have changed yeah. your answer, but at least it's made you more aware and it's, it, it's caused you to see multiple lenses of a problem before you tried to, to solve it, which I just, I'm, as I'm thinking about it, I don't think I do enough. Um, and I was thinking, you know, I'm even thinking about my own leadership team. I was like, when was the last time we had a really fresh perspective that challenged the way that we are thinking? Um, I, I'm, I'm making a note to say, I need to do that more. Yeah, that's the spice of life. I mean, even when I've given someone the opportunity to tell me their perspective um, and I still didn't agree with it, it's so, you know, it's, it's eye-opening and it brings, for me, that's education of life, right? You're learning something new. You can go forward. And if, if you run into that perspective again, you have a little bit more information about how that person came to that decision. Um, and you might, again, give yourself an opportunity to be influenced. I think that's important as a leader that we, number one, we, we've never fully arrived and know it all. And you're bringing people onto your team for a reason. It's because they have something new to, to bring to the table. Um, so allow them that space to put their ideas on, you know, maybe even let them go out, take the risk to let those ideas play out, even if you don't think it's gonna work. And they'll learn something in the, along the way. You'll probably learn something along the way as a leader. Um, and ev everybody is growing and really energized by the idea of, of, hey, I have something to offer and someone's gonna allow me to put that forward, that idea forward. I love it. May we all be enrolled in the education of life and the curriculum be seeking out multiple lenses. I mean, I, like that, that. I would go for that degree. You've just inspired a new degree um, that's being offered through Small Things Make a Big Difference. Okay, so Latrice, before we jumped on the podcast, you had talked about the concept of courage and how this idea of courage has, has been part of your almost leadership makeup or who you are at a very early age. And so talk to us a little bit or share with us if you would where the concept of courage started and how that's kind of played a role in who you are today. Sure, yeah, so courage, the opportunity to grab a hold of courage came to me as a fifth grader in elementary school when my gym teacher, Mr. Crane, came to me and offered me the opportunity to be the captain of the service squad. And the service squad, for those of you who may not know, is um, when the, it was actually the females who in the mornings would make hot chocolate, for example, for the safeties who were out direct, directing traffic, um, or we would guide the students through the hallways, open the doors for them. It was being a service to uh, others, basically. And while I liked the concept, I had seen, you know, my older classmates do that. I never considered myself to be a captain. Um, that whole idea just was a little bit scary. And so when he came to me, uh, I remember saying, no, I didn't want to do it. But he didn't let me say no. He was, you know, basically coming back to say, no, I see you as a leader. 
and I think that you should think about this and I think you'll be fine. And he just really needed to feed me a little bit of encouragement to try it out, try it on for size and see how you like it. Chances were I wasn't gonna fail at being captain of the service squad, but I didn't know that at the time. So, um, you know, after doing that, um, it really did open my eyes to, wow, this isn't so bad. I'm glad I tried it. Then um, there was a, a theme of my backing down from opportunities because I was scared. I was afraid of, you know, would I be good enough for that role? Um, uh, would I be, would I know enough? And, uh, you know, uh, another one of those times came for promotion. So I was offered a promotion when I was eight months pregnant. And that was a dream because I wanted the promotion, but it was also very scary because I was getting ready to go on maternity leave. So I spoke to a couple of people about it. I literally had one person say to me, yeah, you probably shouldn't apply. You're probably not gonna get the, the job, but I did want it even though I thought, well, I either will get, you know, I will get turned down because they don't wanna have this huge gap of somebody leaving or um, how would I feel stepping into a role and not being able to perform it for a little while. And so I, I tried to withdraw my application after I had applied and interviewed. And the, not the hiring manager, but the, the uh, that person's manager, the one over manager came back and, and just had a chat with me. It was a female and she's like, what are you doing? So I, I shared with her some of my concerns. She recognized it as fear. She said that was nothing that we were thinking about. All of the things that you just mentioned had nothing to do with our, your candidacy or our thinking of your candidacy. So and she encouraged me to continue with the process and the job was mine. So it was, again, sort of the courage to see, you know, that um, I shouldn't count myself out before others count me out. Like, why, why would we do that to ourselves? So now in my career, I do recognize that in others where they may be questioning their themselves, their skills, their qualifications, um, their um, issues that they're having that they need to speak up about and don't know how to grab a hold of their voice and share with either a peer or a manager, a leader in the organization, um, mainly with opportunities. So while I often will say lead afraid, it's okay. You know, take the opportunity even while you're scared. I'll support you or let's find a team of people who can. So um, courage is really important. And I think once you get on the other side of that fear and you've now said, man, you know, I all those things that I was so worried about, they weren't even, they weren't even holes. They weren't even like a step uh, that I would have missed. It was a learning process. And how exciting is that to actually grow? Wow, the, I, the concept of I don't know everything and I'm growing, I'm not sure why we hesitate so often to do that. That, is, thank you for sharing that. It sounds like you've been a recipient of leaders seeing something amazing inside of you, even if you didn't see it, and almost yes. helped you during the like the part that says, "Listen, I believe in you, even if you don't. I want you to move forward." Um, yes. And what I'd love to dig down is because I think sometimes this happens, especially early on in people's careers, is 
there is this self-confidence bit that, that sometimes plays a role in why we do or don't do some things. And so in your mind, how do, like if we've got, you know, with the, an 18 year old or a 24 year old or even a 30 year old or with a, who cares what the age is, struggling with that self-confidence and maybe that don't have the courage. Was there a point where you realized, okay, I'm, I'm, how do you alleviate the fears and turn those fears into courage? Is there some tips that you could share that have worked for you? Yeah, I think um, awareness is really, really important in the process of overcoming any fear from moving forward. So identifying what is it what is it actually that I'm so uh, afraid of or concerned about? And I think identifying it might be one or two things um, that gives you, I think, also the opportunity to move into, okay, is this something that I need to address with myself, with someone else, with the just the, the, the structure of whatever the environment is that I'm in? Um, and a lot of people don't take the time to do that. I think it becomes a, an internal, um, you know, loop that something's not working, something's not working, but they haven't actually identified what it is. So that's really, really important. It's just the awareness of what it is that you may be um, uh, holding back from. And then I think the other element is talking to other people, but the right people. <laughs> so mm -hmm. those who can identify with that whatever it is that hesitation that you're having you've seen them press through challenging situations you've seen them speak up on issues you have that example that mentor if you will that is able to give you some best practices um, and also just sort of take on the idea of whatever your issue is and get feed you some seeds that will or water some seeds that might already be there that help you blossom because again, internally, we just might not have the right soundtrack. And to, to get that soundtrack at, out, you have to replace it with something else, some affirmations that somebody else might give you. And that, again, was sort of the theme of a lot of the things that I've done throughout my career is my soundtrack was broken and someone else offered me another one that I stopped to consider replay again and again and again. I think those two elements are really important in terms of just changing it and then stepping forward. Oh, maybe I, the last one. Sorry, oh there's yeah. one more. Give us a third. Us a third. <laughs> it's it's uh, vision. So I think envisioning yourself in, it doesn't have to be five years from now or in a year, even just that better, seeing yourself in the end of whatever a better situation would be, um, or that ideal situation would be because, you know, courage can sometimes be scary or can sometimes be really exciting, but you might still be overwhelmed on other, on either end of that. And so I think envisioning the end and sort of saying, this is exactly what I look like, how I sound, um, who's with me, all of those elements of the future, you just start to at least play out as many details as you can. And that way, I think you're able to move forward, um, take that next step and the next step after that. Oh, my God. You've given us literally a TED Talk here. And I, the imagery that you provide is so powerful. Um, I, I love music. And so you've used the word soundtrack. If you're listening to this and you recognize that there is a 
soundtrack that is playing over and over again that is about self-doubt or why you shouldn't do something. What I love that you just said was, number one, first identify it, right? Like, it's like, yes. wait a minute, what is it that is keeping me from doing something? Why is there a loop going on in my head? And then number two is you're like, I need a new playlist. Like mm -hmm. I need to replace yes. this playlist. And you said something, you need help, but you need help from the right people. Yes. Whether that's a mentor, whether it's a, you know, whether that's a therapist, a life coach, but I love that you've said, you know, as we become our best selves or that as we replace the soundtrack, you're going to need the right people in your life. And it might be more than one, but I love that imagery. And then the third thing that you outlined for me is like, you know, it's almost like dun, 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 have a clear articulate vision of like who you're trying to be. And I love what you've said is how should you sound? How should you look? How should you feel? Because if you don't, if you can't see it, it's yeah. really hard to strive for that. Yeah, it is. It is. That's an important component of it. And uh, again, it doesn't have to be grandiose. It, it needs to be realistic, actually, for our yeah. cog cognitive dis dissonance to be in balance. But, you know, we you, you have to be realistic, but still uh, aspirational in terms of how you want the outcome to look. I, it's three steps to courage is what I'm now calling it. Um, and I love I, it. I'm branding so it. Practical and um, for me, like really inspiring because it even if like I'm a self-confident person, but actually as I'm looking at these three steps and have listened to you, I can identify some soundtracks or songs that are looping in my head that I'm like, let's get rid of those. And let me let me find the right people that are going to help me find the right music that I should be listening to. Incredibly amazing. Thank you so much. Okay. Absolutely. So one more question I'd love to kind of dive into is you, you're leading the, um, for the U.S., uh, in the U.S. business, you sit on a council of inclusion and diversity, um, which I think probably takes courage as well in terms of inspiring others, but leaders and, you know, how do leaders be more inclusive and diverse? And it means they need to be more courageous. Tell me a little bit about why you're passionate about that and maybe mm -hmm some of the things you're learning as you are um, involved in it? Sure, I'm, I'm passionate about it because I do believe that we move in a higher level of business operation by celebrating the differences that exist within our patient population, physician population, and employee population. Um, I think, the communities that we serve reflect a huge amount of diversity and we need to work together in order to um, make, make sure that their voices are at the forefront of every decision that we make. Um, and we wouldn't be able to do that without a diverse viewpoint um, collectively leading the business to serve them. I think that Courage comes into place a lot in this role um, because people tend to, number one, not sign up for it because they think you have to be an expert. And I am not an inclusion and diversity expert. I do talk to a lot of them now um, so that I can understand what they're doing, the challenges that they're having. Um, so externally, I'm joining a ton of groups to make sure that I'm following up with um, how to serve better uh, when it comes to issues of inclusion, inclusion and diversity. But the, um, the, the one thing that I think is, uh, requires the most 
courage in this role is holding others accountable. So we're, I think all, we, most people have the right intentions and you, you'll just find that some people think that they're doing all the right things and yet you'll talk to others within the organization and they feel separated, lost, and there's a gap between even the, again, the awareness of whether the practices that we've put in place are reaching everyone and if we've given space for them to even say that. So holding people accountable in that element of maybe we don't have everything right and there's still more to learn. And then also in um, even leaders having the conversation with people. Um, so they might say, I don't, I don't know how to start this conversation. I'm not an expert in this. Can't we have someone come in and do it for us? But the idea is if you wanna really have it organic and authentic, every single leader needs to have courage to open up a conversation um, with everyone on their team and understand we like to we like to talk about superpowers everyone brings a superpower to the table you just need to know what it is that person will be jazzed and energized by the idea of you leveraging their superpower and um, giving the rest of the team permission also to leverage it so that's that's building inclusion but again it just starts with a conversation there also may be some very challenging things that people are dealing with um, externally i think that we we all have things that we're bringing to work i know conversations in 2020 centered around that quite a bit um, the african-american community i think as i was talking to a, a, a number of colleagues were bringing half of themselves to work but the other half was still struggling with a lot of the racial inequity that they felt like they had to fight for, deal with, process. Um, and then you had others, um, you know, even recently you've had the Asian American community sort of saying, we're dealing with a lot of, you know, scary things outside of work. And are, are you gonna ask me, am I all right too? You know, so there was, there was a lot and you run into the balance, especially on this council of addressing everything and addressing nothing. But I think it's important to address the, the big, heavy um, issues of um, diversity, of, you know, even in some cases, race and politics. Those are just real things. You have to figure out what your boundaries are. But it is, it is a reality of the world that we live in and even the communities that we serve. Wow. That's a, that, my friend, was a lot. And it has me, like, just reeling. Uh, number one, I love this concept. Everyone has a superpower. <laughs> and, you know, so think about it, you know, as a leader, are you creating room for everyone's superpower to be manifested? And, and then, you know, and are you recognizing it? Sometimes I think to your point, we view the world in a certain lens and we could actually miss someone's superpower. And right. it's probably not until you like, you know, you go to like the fifth lens, we're like, oh my gosh, this person is awesome. I just didn't see it before. Exactly. And I think, you know, if my sense is if we were to do that more as leaders, a lot of the inclusion, diversity, the feeling of I'm only bringing myself halfway to work goes away because, because they actually are like, no, wait a minute. I have somebody that is not only bringing out my superpower, but everyone else's. And it's okay that they're different. I, if we, right. 
am, am, I, am I off on that? Or do you think like if we could just help our leaders do that in a more courageous way, man, we'd be a little bit better off. I do agree. I do agree. I, I love the fact that we have a neurodiversity um, employee resource group, for example, because it's brought about for a lot of leaders while the interactions on the team might might look really, really good you might need to change the way that your meetings operate. Maybe you have someone on your team who just, you know, doesn't necessarily do well with on the spot, you know, questions. And we have the differences of introverts and extroverts or those who need, you know, time to sort of process and then, you know, and plan before they come to a meeting um, or those who really need space and opportunity to present as much as possible. But there's just some differences that you'll pick up on if you're taking the time to kind of understand the style and the, the uniqueness that each one on in your organization has and, and brings in uh, to work with them. Latrice, this has been incredibly therapeutic and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're, the great thing about our podcast is it's supposed to be small because it'll make a big difference, but it also means that sometimes we just run out of time. And so I, first off, I want to say thank you. You've been absolutely amazing with the insights and I think I'm walking away with the formula for success on how I could be more courageous, but also how I'm going to encourage others to be more courageous. Um, I'd also like to connect you and my mom. She's a sewer. And um, I think you guys would have right. a great conversation. And then finally, I have two last questions. So I, you know, I got to ask like the soundtrack theme like, what is your favorite song in 2021? Is there something that you're jamming out to right now that puts you in a good space? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, there's probably a, a couple of good songs that I jam out to, if I'm honest. I really do like Dua Lipa, uh, Levitating. That's probably on, on, on a constant replay right now I love it. hey <laughs> it's now going on the playlist um so uh, making small things make a big difference playlist i love that one uh and then finally as the podcast is called small things make a big difference love for you to share what is one small leadership habit that you do on a consistent basis that's making a big difference for you but also the many many people that you come in contact with yeah i am constantly trying to reach as many people as I can to have a non-work-related conversation so that we can get underneath how they're actually doing and give them the space and the opportunity to talk about things that they perhaps um, wouldn't have shared if we were looking at the latest market shares or latest data points, um, but it's actually going to boost the rest of their day. I think that's just so important for you to walk away from a conversation feeling energized, good, and full of ideas. That I love that and uh, makes me kind of think, um, do I have the right balance in the personal check-ins and am I leaving that conversation? Is that person leaving more energized than when we first started to meet? I love it. Latrice, you've been amazing. Thank you for hanging out with us Thank today. Thank you, Spencer. And, Thank you so uh, much for having me. Continue to be courageous and to help others. You too, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this week's session of Small Things Make a Big Difference. If you've been inspired, if you've thought of somebody during it, just go ahead and forward it to them, send them a link, but let's all be more intentional in being courageous in who we're becoming and in the choices that we're making. 
Latrice gives us some wonderful insights. In fact, I think we talked about enrolling in the education of life. And as we're doing that, let's be, there are three steps to being more courageous. Number one is around just awareness of maybe why we're afraid or that we have this false narrative playing in our mind of why we're not trying something or doing something different. And then two, she gives the great example of changing the playlist, making sure that what's going through our minds is positive. And if it is negative and it's holding us back, change it, expose ourselves to different environments, a coach, a mentor, a friend, a therapist, let's make sure that that playlist is causing us to be more brave, more courageous, um, but to, to help us be better. And then that third one is around vision. Are we articulate and are we inspired by who we're trying to become? Even in the next six months, do we know what we're trying to do and what we're trying to be? And so that with that, my friends, may we all focus on the small things that are going to make a big difference in the people that we interact with and in the decisions on who we will in who we are becoming and the decisions that we're making. And T.S. Eliot says this, only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. Have an amazing week.